Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage here with Tom and Tyler. We are talking this week about the three title deeds uh, that was made between God and Abraham starting in Genesis in chapter 12. Then we skip down to Genesis chapter 15, I believe it was. So it's very interesting. I actually never heard the the way you explain the sacrifice there and, and how they divided it where there was sort of a path and it was a one-way covenant because I've, you know usually a covenant is between like hey I'll, I'll make an agreement you shake my hand we both agree and we yeah. kind of make a deal that way but God instilled it in a fact where he put all the weight on his own shoulders and and actually put Abraham to sleep right and so that was yeah. that was very interesting and so uh, so we covered that yesterday and we're gonna go right back into picking up where we left off on the three title deeds there all right well thank you Tyler yes we are what is a title deed? What is a, t- a title deed? It explains who the legal owner is and what the boundaries of the property are. And this has been a fight between the Arabs and the Jews for centuries. And, um, and we'll probably understand why there's a fight here in a moment. But let me... Um, <clears throat> you, you gave a little bit of background there. Yeah, chapter 15 is the first title deed. Uh, God makes it very clear with this covenant, with this act of a sacrifice. This is official. This is sealed now. This isn't just saying, hey, we're going to enter into an agreement. They're in the agreement. The -hmm. agreement has been sealed, and the weight of it is put upon God himself. Was... I'm going to ask a, maybe a silly question here. Was was Abraham aware? I mean, he, he was put to sleep, right? And and the covenant was really put on God's shoulders. So, but Abraham was a, was aware, right? That that this was. Yeah, I mean, evidently the record is here. Why do you think you he know? put him to sleep? I don't understand. Well, he was making it clear. This isn't on you to perform it. Yeah. It's on me. Okay. It's on me to perform this. God's saying. Gotcha. And so, uh, and I think that's very very clearly communicated here so we get to chapter 16 now Abraham is getting older um, and he has no children yet Sarah is getting you know beyond the day beyond the age of having a baby so she decides hey let's do something everybody else is doing well what is the, uh, the, the meaning of the name Abram Okay, well, the name Abram means the father of many. And I'm sure he was laughed at by many because there he is. He's got a lot of servants. He's a very powerful man, a wealthy man. has a lot of people working for him. And I can imagine them bumping into people. Hey, who do you work for? Oh, well, my master is Abram. Abram, oh, he must have a lot of kids. How many kids? He doesn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they all kind of giggled about that around the fireplace. And then when Abram comes back later on, he says, I met with God and he changed my name. Probably all the all the servants thought, oh, finally, you know, some mm-hmm. sense here. And he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, from the father of many to the father of a multitude. <laughs> I'm sure they gasped. Yeah, it just got better. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting worse. Well, you know, and, and still Sarah has no, no children. I mean, they don't have any kids yet. Yeah. And so Sarah said, listen, we got to help God out. And, and uh, I wrote here, verse number... Uh, here in, in Genesis chapter 16, the second most destructive act in the Bible. And that's when Abraham yields to what his wife is saying, okay, let's do that. I'll marry Hagar, your servant, and uh, she'll be my wife, and I'll have a child through her, as you you know agreed to do, and then you know that'll fix the problem. I'm assuming Adam and the fall of man is the first one. 
Exactly. Okay. Okay. The, in Genesis chapter three, I wrote the most of the first yeah. destructive act in the whole Bible, and that again is where a husband's listening to the advice of his wife. Yeah, don't do it, guys. Don't now, do it. Now, I'm not saying that was what was wrong, <laughs> but the fact is, is that these women gave bad advice. Yeah. And it enticed their husbands into sin. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we get down here. So Hagar now conceives, and as soon as they do, there's problem. There's problems here between Sarah and Hagar, and Hagar actually leaves. She she leaves on her own accord. Later, she's going to leave again, but that's because she's thrown out. But here she leaves because, you know, she's got this problem with her, her master, Sarah, and uh, because she's pregnant and Sarah's not, and that conflict that's brought there. Well, the angel, you know, meets her on the road and says, you, you get back home. Go back where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going to find his description here in verse number 12. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he will dwell in the presence of his brethren. Now what I find interesting, people have asked me, uh, Brother Tom, where do you see Islam in the Bible? Well, Islam did not start with Ishmael, but it started with the descendant of Ishmael, who was an Arab, yeah. 600 years after Christ. <clears throat> But what I find interesting is that the very same traits that you see in the man Ishmael, you see in the religion of Islam, mm-hmm. okay? And against and in the Arabs. His hand will be against every man, and, his, and every man's hand will be against him, and he will dwell in the presence of his brethren. The word presence is poinayim in the Hebrew. The expression is this. Have you ever heard people say, you're in my face? Get out of my face, man. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, you stop antagonizing me. Get away. Step back, buddy. You know, type mm-hmm. of thing. That's how he lived. And who was his brethren? The Jews. And so as Ishmael and the Ishmaelites live, they live as an antagonist. Their hands against every man, every man's hand against them, and they live in the face of the brethren of the, of the Jews. And still today, Israelites and Arabs live amongst each other. Exactly. And they, there's a, pro, a provocation mm-hmm. that is going along. Now in chapter 17, now Ishmael's born, okay, and I believe Abraham loved his firstborn son. I think it's very evident what we're going to hear. But before I get to that verse, this is the second title deed. Mm-hmm. The second title deed is in chapter 17, verse number 8. God reminds him, I made a covenant with you. We already went through all the, the official part of this. We already saw the lawyer. The paper's been signed. <laughs> you know, the ink is dried. It is, it is official. But just in case you forgot, Verse number 8, And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So now, again, the legal, who's the legal part of it? Abraham and his seed. Mm -hmm. So the descendants of Abraham, that land belongs to them. What land? The land of Canaan. Now remember, Canaan comes from who? Ham. Remember when Noah came off the ark and he got drunk? Mm-hmm. His son Ham, if you read it very carefully, it wasn't that he just saw the nakedness of his father. Because mm-hmm. Noah woke up and he says, and he knew what his son had done unto him. There was an act. There was some kind of act that his son had done mm-hmm. to him. He sodomized him. And that act there created Noah to say, uh, Cursed be Canaan. Because of this, the descendant of Ham. And it's, um, it's something that is not only just humiliating, but I will say this. 
as I study Islam, this type of lifestyle goes on in the Middle East amongst the Arabs a lot. It does. Really? And um, reports of our soldiers seeing it. and Is it something that's in the Quran or anything like that? Or? Um, not so much in the Quran. But there are some things in the Hadith on that about men to boys. But i I got to be careful yeah, about that because I can't get into yeah. talking about this on the radio. But it's, um, it's, it's a very ugly, dark religion and lifestyle. Now let me move on. So this was the second title deed, the land of Canaan. Nowhere in history has that been in doubt. We've always known where it's at. It's there next to the Jordan River in the Mediterranean. Lebanon is to the north. The wilderness is below it. Um, uh, the, the, the markation of Canaan historically has always been known in, and without question. Mm-hmm. So they know exactly where this land is at. We call it the promised land. Okay. Now, the question though is this. The, de- the, the deed goes to Abraham and his seed. He already has one son, and that is the firstborn son. Traditionally, the firstborn gets the inheritance of the father. He gets the major part of it there. So, uh, now, in this same chapter, God deals with who gets it. We talked about it last week, but let me say it again. Here Abraham shows his love for his uh, son Ishmael. Verse 18, And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, uh, and with his seed after him. So with the Jews, they get it. Now he deals with Ishmael. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and made him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the second title deed in the same chapter makes it very clear. This is not for the Arabs. This is not for Ishmael. Even though Isaac is the second born son, he was the first promised son. And that is what God is upholding here. Okay? Yeah. So, we've covered the first <clears throat> and second title deeds. When we get back into this, we'll get to the third title deed to a descendant of Isaac, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to Moses, and then God expands this in a much bigger way, okay? Yes, sir. So uh, we'll cover that in tomorrow's broadcast. Before we do, it's our fundraising month. Our goal for our uh, spring uh, fundraising campaign is $20,000. We haven't raised it. We're trying to still make everything, our budget meet. We want to expand our budget. Yeah. But the the minimum that we need is to gain this twenty thousand dollars this month. Yeah, re- really. The overall aspirations that we have here is to to continue to have Fortress of Faith grow, like you said, and get to a place where we reach more radio stations, so the the show is is falling upon more ears that we can help more Muslims see more people come to Christ, and the more the more even that we can focus on our operating costs, the more that we can put our time and efforts into doing so, which helps us to do just that. It helps us to reach more people with Fortress of Faith that we could bring glory to God in that manner. Well, let's say amen. This message is important. The judgment is coming if America and, and all of God's people continue to live in national sin. We're not seeking God's face for repentance. God's raising up an enemy, and uh, we need to warn 
God's people about this, and Muslims, uh, Islam needs to be resisted. Muslims need to be saved. Our ministry is making a difference, and our donors are not just keeping us on the air so that they can be informed. They're keep helping us stay on the air and advance this message to so many more people who mm-hmm. need to be informed about that. And so uh, there's uh, three ways they can give. One way you can give safely, securely is online at fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com. If you're in Canada, you can still give by Canadian dollars up there as well as American dollars here if you wish, online at fortressoffaith.com. You can also give us a call. The number is 800 616 0082 that's 800-616-0082 and give over the phone and if you wish mail in a check you can do that by sending that to P.O. Box 30485 Bellingham, Washington 98226 again that's P.O. Box 30485 in Bellingham, Washington 98 Now, if you missed any of that, give us a call. We'll be glad to give you our address. The number to call is 800-616-0082. Again, that's 800-616-0082. And we also have uh, monthly donors that support us on a monthly basis. We have what we call the Army of Ten, which is $10 a month. And and I like the way you say it. You know, give me an army of of 10 people that are, or 20 people that are donating. Yeah. (laughs) That are donating at ten dollars a month, and it makes a big difference because it, yeah. it, it's a, it, it seems like a small amount, but it adds up. You know, when we get to that, uh, it does. And some people are blessed with more means, and they can give twenty bucks or fifty bucks a month or whatever it is that you can give on a monthly basis. It makes a big, big does. difference, and that really, that's what helps us enlarge what we're able to do. But this is a, a one-time gift that we're asking people to help us raise. Uh, so that we can uh, meet all our uh, financial needs over the next few months. Well, that's going to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.